1: Hey, how are you? We're live. Um, can, by the way, can we
0: can we offer congratulations to one of our favorite rock bands? Yes, has officially made it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
1: I'm too busy working my job to know that. That's crazy. That's um, that's interesting. Wow. Yes,
0: yes. Uh, Journey, Pearl Jam, ELO is another one that I would highly agree with. Uh, Nile Rodgers, I believe Tupac Shakur and Joan Baez uh, made the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, I I mean, all are deserving in one level or another. But, you know, for for those of us who are progressive rock fans right now, up until this point, it's only been Genesis and Rush, and some people don't consider Rush progressive, but I do, and Pink Floyd. And that's been it. So hopefully this will bring about some other bands like King Crimson and Jethro Tull and a few other that are well-deserving of entrance into the rock and roll hall of fame.
1: Yes. I agree with that. I have a really great rumor to start the show with today. Um, and we're going to put it as, as. so what we're going to do is we're going to do the, um. we'll get more into that in a little bit. Sorry. I'm in, I'm in rumor chart, mode. I've been in that for a couple days. No, no, now. no. I, I, I just want um, to, I think it's a great, no, I, I, you know, and definitely we'll talk more about that soon. Um, But I really think, uh, Since since this this actually, is one of your guys uh, is involved in this one. It just goes text me, and it's a great one. Okay, man. All right, so we're gonna so you gotta stay tuned for that, guys. It so you know it involves Maple Leaf. I love the you know what the greatest thing about my job is is this is I have really made some awesome friends who just know that the rumor chart's like a big deal for the Hockey for hockey buzz because we need it to keep our business alive, (laughs) and uh, and you guys support it. We really very much appreciate that. And uh, so when I put it out, I will get people who just wanna help me, like the, the people who are connected and they say, you know, and it's just great. I really appreciate it. So this this is a, one of those people, one of those fine people. And this one has to do with Nazim Kadri. All right, so let's um let's uh let me start the show here cool. and we can just start it from there. We don't have to do anything else.
0: Yep.
1: It's the twentieth of December for crying out loud. I'm wearing my team North America jersey which is Conor McDavid. I wanted to buy Austin Matthews, but you couldn't buy an Austin Matthews jersey in Toronto to save your life. So uh, at the time, I was there for the World Cup. So anyway, it is my favorite jersey, though. I really love this jersey. I've been wearing it when uh, I've been trying, when I've been sinking into my ice rink outside. Um, <laughs> not yet. We're not yet fully frozen, but trying so hard to get ready for Christmas time. Um, 24-7, round the clock, attention. In the shade, constantly throwing little uh, little new layers on there, and then I'll step on it. I'll you know it's awful, but anyway. So what you're so what you're saying is that
0: your rink is about the consistency of the Carolina rink last night that they had to cancel the game because.
1: Yes. No. yeah. Exactly. Maybe a little bit better than that, but not much. And then um, what I'll put on top of it is that um, my rink is is a lot like the uh, polar ice caps now that we have global warming. <laughs> Big giant chunks of ice floating above water. Um, that's what my rink is right now. So the best way to do that is to step on the step on the chunks. Push, so the water comes up and around over top of them, and then the water freezes on top of them. Because if the water's underneath, you got problems. So I'm out there stepping on the chunks, freezing the water. It's it's a, it's quite a quite a trip. Anyway, so let's get going. Hello, hockey world. Today is Tuesday, December twentieth, twenty sixteen. I am Michael Lagello. and I am Eklund. and you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. Buzz dot It's the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time, and we are here today to talk about trade rumors and nothing that's right, the trade freeze may be upon us, but not. But that that just means this is a perfect time for people to talk to each other, and that's what I've always learned. Um, the trade freeze is the, the cool thing about the trade freeze. Is that it it's obviously set up so you don't get traded um, at Christmas time, you know, or you know, no one gets fired at Christmas time, you know, except for uh, well, one one Maple Leafs guy did. One <laughs> coach got fired. On Twitter at Christmas, didn't he? No, 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 no. He had a contract extension,
0: and he did that. He did that just to piss off the Toronto media, so they had to oh. no, okay, on Christmas Day. Ron Wilson announced it on Twitter.
1: I had that story all wrong. Damn it! I don't have I don't have my normal caffeine with me. I'll <laughs> do the show on, without caffeine, guys. Uh. Um, all right. So yes, that's right. But anyway, you know, you don't get fired on Twitter, which is which is which is good for a lot of hockey buzz bloggers right now. Um, you guys don't have to worry about getting fired right now during Christmas time. Um, but you know, come January first.
0: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Great. I'm just letting you're, you're you're okay, Mike, but others need to be worried. Very, very worried. Um, okay, so yes. <laughs> so I'm putting the rumor chart up today differently than I usually do it. So how I always do the rumor chart is the same. I I compile everything. I have a big thing of notes here. It's a huge thing. And then what I do is I, when I get it all together, I start putting them up one player at a time. And normally I'd put all like 25 up or whatever and, and then launch the rumor chart. Well, today I thought it'd be fun and a good way to draw some traffic in to enter these one at a time and try to see if you guys want to see them. Because how the rumor chart works is it, it is a paid service. It is $20 for the whole year. You get a bunch of things besides the rumor chart for that. You get a really good entry into the into the fantasy pool with bigger prizes. Plus, you get no advertisements on the website, which is really cool, cool and funny because I, I have a perk because I know somebody at the website that I don't see advertisements on the website myself when I serve Hockey Buzz. But um, and 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 when I when, and when, and go and ahead, if put your cards right. You get a you free set, set of, of ginsu nuts. <laughs> right, 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 right. You never know. Um, so with for me, when I when I sometimes log out for accidentally onto my thing and I end up seeing advertisement on the website, I'm like, man, I don't like advertising on the websites. So um, if you don't like advertising on websites, you should definitely just 20 bucks or $3.99 a month. We'll get to that. And it gets you gets you all the rumor chart, which I update constantly. Um, and really, but more than anything else, I, I mean, I want to throw this out there because some people say, well, why would you pay for rumors? And I have to talk about this every year. Um, you're not really paying for rumors. The rumor chart is a little different. The rumor chart is more speculation. It should be called expect or speculation chart. I sorry about doing that a couple of times too, like S-P-E-K. But um. Really, that's what it is, because the rumors will still be in my blog every day, as they always are, but I take those rumors and some other things that I maybe can't even write about, but I can put them into my thoughts about who will go to what teams. That's why I use, I mean, the rumor chart's kind of fun, because I can get away with some things off the record, sort of, by just saying, no, I can't say anybody told me he would go there, but he happens to be 20% heading there, so why is that? You know?" And there's right. reasons for that, because I can't necessarily get into it. So the first person on the rumor chart is always free. Um, and then, uh, the rest of them are, you know, for, for our paid supporters who really just are, we really appreciate 20 bucks, not a lot for a year. I don't think I think, but I, but I, uh, I think, you know, Mike works hard enough too that. You should give him three ninety nine a month just in and of himself. And Mike does accept that by the way, you can go to michaeljello.com and give Mike three ninety nine a month. Right.
0: <laughs> Mike and Buffalo on Twitter. Send me your cash.
1: <laughs> just send me your cash. That's your, that's your new Twitter name send me at send me your cash
0: at send me your cash
1: (laughs) someone has to have that um all right so so far i've added a lot of players i want to get into a little bit of what i've done so far and i'm about to add, add another one um so so far i'm going to add players live on the website today how about that it's not because i didn't finish them in time it's because i think it'll be fun to do it while we're live um but understand it's not because i didn't finish this in time which uh it is kind of what it is. Well, let's so, talk uh, about the let's talk about the guy that you were teasing earlier. Right. Nazem Kadri. Okay. Um, this is a great rumor. Kadri um, is, you know, as you know, has become quite the player. I think for Toronto, and and is definitely loved by Babcock. Um, Babcock has really taken to Kadri, um, which is interesting because no one seemed to take to Kadri prior to Babcock. In my mind, at least from the outside looking in, uh, he's been controversial. He's definitely not the most humble of men. Um, <laughs> I think it's a way of putting it, um, but you know he's still a great. Um, who is Alexa? Who is Nazem Kadri? Hmm. I can't find the answer to the question. I have. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> thank, thank you for that information, Alexa. You're really informative. <laughs> you. Alexa, what are the Toronto Maple Leafs?
0: Sorry, I don't know the answer to. <laughs>
1: Okay, no, no one does Alexa, it's not your fault. Um, no one knows what the people are Alexa. That's the, that is the answer to the question. You're right. All right. nazim Kadri. Um, how about this? Okay a, a familiar face is interested in nazim Kadri. Um, a person who knows Kadri better than maybe he knows himself is interested in nazim Kadri. a guy who would I believe was on his side when he was there, but would that, would that
0: potentially be the general manager who drafted him? Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, not shocking. So, was Brian Brick a Cadre fan? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I mean, to the to the point that he sort of sort of teased Brian Murray on the draft floor back in two thousand eight, where like he goes up to Brian Murray and, and asks him, you know, uh, what he's looking what he's looking at, and then he just basically tells him, you yeah, know, I'm taking Cadre," and walks away. Um, yeah. No. He's a. He, I mean. He's a supporter of Kadri. I think he likes that sort of abrasive, combative nature that he has as part of his game. There are other things, I think, that bother some fans about Kadri's play, like uh, his propensity for diving and embellishing, which is, you know, even though he's just started to get away from that as he's matured, the what he had, has done in the last few years of his career is affecting him now because there's been some times where he's actually been penalized and or actually been infringed upon and they think he's diving so they don't give the penalty to the other team so but you know he's he's had a really good year although uh recently he had an eight game goalless streak that was snapped last night so yeah i don't think 11 goals which is pretty decent all
1: right but here's the interesting thing about calgary and nazim kadri the first thing that i think of with calgary and nazim kadri is the fact that kadri has proven himself a very good mcdavid antidote um and so, if you're Calgary, not only do you have Burke, who already loves Nazem Kadri, you bring potentially McDavid's arch enemy, like the guy who I think McDavid hates to play against more than any other right now in the league. Maybe with the exception of Brandon Manning, um, would be um, you know, which we got to get into as well, which is so ridiculous. We haven't talked about it, but you might, might have last week when I wasn't here. But well, say say that for say that for a future show. But yeah, yeah, but but um, but yeah, but so Kadri, you're Calgary. You're looking at this thing, and you're like, okay, we can bring in. A guy who hates, who McDavid hates to play against, and you know the Calgary Edmonton Wars are legendary. Yeah, and you have Burke. So the question is, you know, what is Brian Burke willing to give up for Nazem Kadri? Obviously, Toronto is not going to give him away for, you know, or you know, possibly even trade him. Um, What are your thoughts
0: on this? Let's say this. I mean, first of all, Kadri's price point is locked in. He's making four and a half million dollars for right, reasonable. for another I believe five years right oh after after this season so for a team like Calgary who you know they've already spent big money on Goudreau big money on Monaghan uh a player like Sam Bennett I believe is coming up on RFA at the end of this year and he's probably going to be big money since he's a top five pick in the draft you know you're talking um I mean I'm not saying that 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 it would be a a Bennett-Cadre type of deal but the Leafs the area that they would need to improve on if they trade a center like Kadri would be defense. Right. And it would either be a Dougie Hamilton or a TJ Brody. Now the way Bab uh, the way uh, uh, Burke really went over the top in terms of defending Hamilton and the way Hamilton has played recently, and he's a right hand shot and he's 23 years old. You know, I don't think that they're going to give up Hamilton unless that's all an elaborate ruse. So that would lead me to believe it'd be. TJ, TJ Brody, but I, you know, I, I think there would still be a lot of interest in Hamilton with the Maple
1: Leafs. I would think that Hamilton might be the guy, um, and the reason I say that is, you know, he's also going on the rumor chart as we speak, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is, because um, so, uh, and I'll get to the other rumors in a second. But uh, the Hamilton has been um, it really just it has had a tough go of it in Calgary, and and. Honestly, there's no other way of saying it. And it's weird when a player like this gets traded twice now and or if he gets traded again because his Boston trade was very surprising in and of itself. Right. And um, now if he gets traded again. now, But if you're getting – I mean, I think, to me, Hamilton for Kadri feels like the perfect deal for both sides. Um, it feels like a um, you know one of those trades you can sit there and say, okay, that makes just so much sense. Hamilton can come back – East, he can come back to like a, you know what he's to a team. Toronto. He's
0: from, Toronto.
1: He's from so Toronto. I didn't even know that. Okay, so yeah. all right, so he's an Ontario boy, which is which is always helpful. He comes back there, and um, you know Kadri goes out west and 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 battles McDavid for the next ten years. Um, right. I mean, it's like to me that's just such a perfect. Perfect. And Brody is as good as Brody is. I think it's going to take Hamilton to get Kadri. I don't think Brody for Kadri happens just because of how much it feels like yeah. they like Kadri at this point. Um,
0: I mean, it's it has possibilities, and and Hamilton is locked up long term too. So you have you have that aspect, and you know Toronto might be able to take if there's salary players that Calgary is looking to clear. You know, the Leafs have the money advantage, the cap room, and all those advantages. So it could be a little bit of a bigger deal. I mean, it has possibilities. It does make a bit of sense. I mean, right now, you know, the only thing you have to be concerned about if you're Calgary is, you know, you get You got Hamilton for a reason because you added a a, a defensive building block. Uh, They have, like, Oliver Shillington coming up. I don't think he's going to be as good a defenseman. He's either either Brody or Hamilton, but he's a young defenseman. He'll fill in. But, you know, Giordano's over 30, Weidman is the UFA. If you trade Hamilton for Cadre, all of a sudden whatever you gave up to build up your defense to get Hamilton, you're back at the position where you need to get another defenseman. They're, they're in the same situation then as Toronto where they're going to be looking for a defenseman to add. So, I mean, that's where I'm a little skeptical, but I, I on a number of levels it does make sense.
1: Yeah, and to me, um, now they're not the only team interested in Hamilton, of course. Um, as, as I'm putting Hamilton up on the chart right now, you will say, well, first of all, I'll show you what I, get, Kadri did, what I did with Kadri. Um, and this is based on a bunch of different things, not just the rumor right now, but others as well. Um, so right now I have Kadri at 40... Um, no, that's again. Sorry. Kadri. Uh, there we go. Right now I have Kadri at uh, 60% still in Toronto. So I still think that the chances of him not moving are, are not, are greater than him moving. But I have 30% to Calgary and then 10% to LA, which is another team I've heard... Kadri mentioned to and that was the main team I was going to be talking about with Kadri it was probably gonna be more like 70 or 80 20 type thing with those with just Toronto and LA um, and I know I know very much that the Kings like him um, and have always liked him and and you know he is a Lombardi Sutter type guy yeah
0: uh, it, it, but again it's tough to I mean if you put two and two together if the Leafs are trading a a core player like a Van Riemsdyk or Kadri, it's going to be for a defenseman. And if you look at LA, obviously they're not trading Drew Doughty. That would lean. That would that would lean toward a Jake Muzzin or an Alec Martinez.
1: Right. right, Muzzin was the name I heard mainly in that one. Um, but you know, that's that's.
0: But Muzzin, Muzzin is muzen is Doughty's defense partner, and they play very well together. So you would be surprised if they would be w- willing to risk you know, a good a good combo unless they think that, you know, Jake Muzzin is another like Matt Carl type where he's sort of like being his his value is being elevated because he's playing with Doughty.
1: It's a big question. I mean I mean I don't know as I'm putting in Hamilton's number here. What I'm doing with Hamilton, um, the, the other teams I've heard involved with him besides Toronto, what we're just talking about now, are New Jersey and Minnesota. So um I'm putting them in at actually right now as New Jersey at 10%, um Minnesota twenty, Toronto at thirty, and Calgary at forty.
0: I, I think I think logically, Eck, you could put New Jersey at ten percent for every available defenseman because Yeah, no, there's
1: no question. And that's what's interesting about this trade deadline too, is it's not just a, a, you know, there are teams out there that can pick up players. They have money, even if those play, even if those teams aren't making playoff runs. Um, they, they, they can see because they know other teams have to move players because of whatever reason or because they're trying to clear cap, cap space or because of the uh, coming, you know, expansion draft. So teams have to move players. So you'll see New Jersey um, get involved. You'll see Buffalo get involved in trades, even though these are teams that aren't necessarily in the playoff hunt. Um, well, Buffalo still could be, but in New Jersey, and New Jersey still could be too, but that's, um, you're gonna, I think you're going to see that quite a bit.
0: And you could see a team like the Islanders, if they have an opportunity to get a winger that they could, you know, like we were talking about yesterday, to play with John Tavares, then they would be involved. And uh, as, we, as we've said in previous buzzcasts, Toronto has got upwards of $11 million in flexibility under the, actually, it's more like $13 million under oh, with the salary cap uh, for three players who have not been placed on long-term injury, who are long-term injured in Lupul Robida and Nathan Horton. That's $13 million of cap flexibility. They could put all those guys in LTIR before the deadline and make a deal where they're taking salary back to get a first-round pick or get a prospect. They have that ability to do that. And they proved in the last year or so they're willing to do almost anything to bring assets into the organization.
1: Yeah, they're really good at it. Um, it's one of their specialties right now. I'd say that they're, they're, they're very creative. Another team to watch out for – in these things and it's not surprising when we did our buyer seller thing and my new buyer seller thing comes out tomorrow um but when we did buyer seller last week is is remember columbus in this whole thing because columbus is they have a ton of cap space and they are for real right now and and this is a team that doesn't just want to make the playoffs they want to they you know they feel like they've made the playoffs they made a serious run at the playoffs a couple years ago and then had a couple you know down years but they are still this team is looking you know, I mean, when you watch the Columbus Blue Jackets play, they're just they're just such a good team right now. Right. And they're playing the kind of hockey that's going to make them even a really hard playoff team. Like they're the kind of today they, they played playoff hockey right now already. Yeah. Now, that could wear them down. Some people are worried about that, that that will wear them down as time goes on. Right. Um, but, you know, I would put them into the running for uh, Matt Duchesne, which is the next player I'm doing on my rumor chart here.
0: Yeah, I was uh-huh. going to say if they're, if they're trading for anything and they're trading future assets and they have a lot of future assets, then it's got to be forwards. It's got to be a a forward who can help them score because ever since Ryan Johansson, I mean, right now they're scoring. Their their offense is is by committee. I mean, you got Cam Atkinson at, at Wenberg, Felino's having a good year, Hartnell. I mean, you got a number of like Sam Gagne, You've got a number of players contributing, but you don't really have a central player who can, you know. Carry the offense for a game or two, and that's really what they need. And Duchene is that has that capability of being able to carry a team for a game or two.
1: Yeah. Now for Duchene right now, I've, I've got Colorado forty percent, Montreal thirty, Buffalo thirty. Um But you know, I, I so I don't have Columbus on there yet. But you know, I think that this is somebody that would make sense for them. Yeah. I just haven't heard that. I, I do know that they're going to be active, um but they're going to be. You know, um, Line is very deliberate, very secretive. Really secretive, so it's hard to get anything out of Columbus. Um, he's got his whole staff on lockdown, pretty much. So, um, you know, you get you get very, very. I mean, they've they've made some really interesting. I mean, I mean, Sam Gagne was an incredible signing for them. When you think about it, one of the best of the offseason for sure. We kind of knew it at the time it happened, and we talked about it that he was he played really well for the Flyers last year, and there was no reason that he shouldn't be at least a million dollar player. They got him for under a million, and uh, you know everything. You know he's been great, and he's and now he's and he's been their top center, which we you know we kind of scoffed at in the beginning of the year when we said that was going to be the case, but he has been. You know, giving yeah, him time. I mean, between but,
0: between him and Wenberg, I mean, Wenberg was I mean yeah. he took he took over Johansson's spot last year after he was traded for Seth Jones, and as you know, as a basically a rookie, he you know it was t- it was tough for him to grow in, but he's been very consistent uh, offensively. He's been a really good playmaker for them. Uh, but he's not a typical number one center, so any help that they could get, in, as you said, I mean, I think they got Gagne for $600,000 on a one-way deal. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's that's unbelievable. So, you know, he's doing a lot of fa- – he's doing himself a good favor going into an expansion year, going into a UFA year where he could probably get a multi-year contract uh, from uh, a lot of teams looking for offense, or if he wants to stay in Columbus, he can do that as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um another name that I'm tempted to put on here, but I'm not putting on here yet, is, um, is Artemi Panarin, who is, is I really not somebody I think is going to get traded. That's why I haven't put it on here. But a lot of people, you know, it's one thing when you get rumors, okay, the guy's obviously going to want a big contract. We talked about him yesterday. He's not, he's not Brendan Saad. He's not a player they're going to move out because he wants a big contract. Like, you know, we've seen, they did with Sharp. They did with Saad. They, um, you know they have a tendency to move out big players who want contracts because they have the two yep. big guys already. Mm-hmm. and now they're gonna have to find like uh, another another gear for. Um, you know they obviously wish the cap was going up more right now, but um, they're gonna have to find another spot for him.
0: Yeah, I mean this one's gonna be this one's gonna be tough because at, at a certain point and I, I understand I understand where the Blackhawks are and their and their method, their you know their mode and their method of, uh, of operation. In the sense that, you know, you you pay your core and everybody else is disposable. And, right. you know, I get that. And Panarin will be an RFA and Panarin will probably be expecting to make, I would say, probably in the 5 to $6 million range. And can you afford that kind of money? And the thing is, though, with his bonuses after last year winning rookie of the year and scoring as much as he scored. I mean he was I believe over three million dollars as a rookie even though his base contract was under under a million dollars. So yeah. you know they're already they're already, pay, they're already paying significant significant money for Panarin right now. So it's only a couple million dollars more and he and Kane together, I mean you yeah. cannot have too much uh, uh, too much responsibility hoisted on Taves and Hosa to carry the offense that you need to give Kane uh, uh, somebody to work with to have a sort of secondary offense on that team. Because I, I don't think – you know, Taves, Taves has never been a big scorer. He's more of a guy who's, you know, plays against the other team's number one center, scores the the key goal. But, you know, he's not an 80, 90-point center anymore. So I, I think they have to keep Panarin. And that's why I think, you know, all the, the stuff that you had heard about Corey Crawford makes yeah. – there because he's making six million dollars for the next three years and maybe they can find a more inexpensive goaltender and go that way
1: yeah and I think that was kind of what they would like to do I mean there are some teams you know either you have this you know stud goalie you know like and or you have a relatively you know solid goalie but they kind of follow I think deep down Chicago would be okay doing the old Detroit method of having a goalie that's good enough to win um, but not necessarily you know They have to pay a billion dollars. Like Osgood was perfect for Detroit for that reason. They they got him under the under the under you know and Hashik, you know later was reasonable as well for the time they got him.
0: Think of it. Think of it this way though. This is the year if if you're talking about going out and finding a goaltender with the pressure of teams having to dispose of one goalie only being able to protect one going into this expansion draft. This is the year that a team could go out and shop for a goalie and get one for a song. And that 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 could be what's on Stan Bowman's mind. I mean, right. That's one of the reasons that one of the only reasons I was critical of the Maple Leafs trading for Frederick Anderson and giving up a first and a second because I and I think he's worth it because he's a very good goaltender. But this was a market that was a sell. It it was it was a uh, it was a seller's market or buyer's market. Excuse me.
1: Yeah. uh,
0: Where where uh, you know that you could demand a lower price for a goalie because there are going to be so many of them on the market next year. And the Leafs paid a second and a first and a first round pick for Anderson, so I thought they a little bit overpaid. So,
1: I agree with that completely. The next guy I'm working on here is Francois Beauchemin. Um, I've had some, I've had some lots of discussions about him. More, more than I mean, he's always been one of these players who comes up in trade rumors. Yeah. Um, you know, because he's so solid and and has had so much experience. Um, right
0: hand, right hand uh, shot defenseman, veteran.
1: Yeah. Uh, Anaheim again interested in him now. You know, Anaheim. Depends where they are in this whole race of things, you know. But he's, he always seems to end up back in Anaheim. Um, but this year, um, believe it or not, Montreal has been the name that I've heard more than any other with Francois Beauchemin. Yeah. Um, and Montreal, Montreal's in a weird spot because they they obviously they're struggling right now. They really want to turn it around, and I don't think that they're going to let it go as long as they did before. Um, you know, as, as the, I mean, they're not struggling as much as they were last year. But I think that if they continue to play five hundred, I think there will be moves. I don't think they'll just let this play out.
0: Well, I mean, the, before the injuries at center struck, before they lost DeHarnae and they lost uh, Galchenyuk, the, the main item on Mark Bruggeman's shopping list was a defenseman. Boshman's, Beauchemin, right. you know, in his mid-30s. Um, 38,
1: still,
0: I think. Okay, late 30s. Um, still, still effective. Still, you know, a physical presence. He's a right-hand shot defenseman. He doesn't have a long-term left on his contract. He's got another year. At 4.5 million, so that's not unreasonable, and you have to also realize Montreal could be losing Danny, uh, um, Andre Markov. Um, he's a UFA at the end of the year, so if they let him go, maybe Bochum is a one year stopgap. I mean, it on a number of levels, it makes sense. Um, I don't know about Anaheim, though, the only thing that I know about them regarding their defenses that Randy Carlisle is a little concerned about all the youth they have on the blue line. But-
1: they, this, would be, this would have to be a case where they were looking at, you know, either they're making another move or they have an injury. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of right now – you know, we've talked about before, a lot of contingency talk going on right now. So it's a little difficult to tell. Um, but one thing I know for sure is is Anaheim is very, very good at contingency rumors. I've Over the years, they, they are one of these teams that talks out more possibilities than any other team that I've ever, you know, probably right. than any other team. I would say they the Blues are up there with them. But the Blues and the Ducks are two teams that love to talk about contingency plans. Like, what if this, then this. And then those rumors get out that there's that they end up saying, um, okay, well, if we move a defenseman or if we have a defenseman go down, boschman's the guy we'd like to bring in to help. that. Yeah. Um, you and know, And
0: Colorado, Colorado, where they are right now, would probably be willing to move him because he's got another year left in the contract. And even though they may not be saying they're going to rebuild, if there are rumors out there about Duchesne and there are rumors out there about Boschman, then there should be, Corresponding rumors about them going into not a full rebuild, but maybe a retooling, where it takes yeah. them a year or two, and they're, they're going to get young. They're going to go with their younger players. And if if you take that, Eck, I think the other guy that should be, and may, maybe he's not on your list, or maybe he is on your list for a team looking for a goaltender, would be Simon Varlamov because you know he yeah. they have a young goalie in Calvin Pickard, and Varlamov is making over five million dollars a year, and he's a good goaltender. And last year, what's that?
1: in his last year or one more year
0: he's got one more year left uh no he's got two more years left at five the
1: problem right now i mean for him because yeah i mean right now there are a lot of goalies on their last year right now um it's a really it's a really good i mean you know i mean what chad johnson's done in calgary has really confused things as well right so but you know that that you know he he was actually one of my tradable guys at one point when calgary was struggling and now he's like he's basically taken over the job yeah, um,
0: now Brian Elliott's the tradable guy.
1: Brian Elliott's the tradable guy, exactly. Uh, you have guys like Michael Nyberg, who is a UFA. Um, you have Bishop, you know. Um, you have, and there, there are other goalies too. Um, right, but
0: the, the the thing is that the, the goalies that you mentioned, I think they're you know they're candidates to be sort of that one B or really good backup goaltender. You know, a team. Uh, a team like Nashville for a Rene, who Neuwerth would make sense to, to give to give Rene a, a, to spell him not have to play back to back games or you know so he could play 55 to 60 games into 65 to 70 right. right but Varlamov is the guy you bring in to be a number 1 if a team like Dallas is in the playoff race then Varlamov makes sense because right now Letton and, and Niemi are just not number ones or a team like, say, St. Louis, if they if they all of a sudden don't have confidence in Jake Allen,
1: right, right, um, yeah. Th- I mean, I, I agree with all that. Um, next, the next next name I'm putting on here is Ryan Ellis, which is going to surprise people because Ryan Ellis is a um, is a solid defenseman uh, for a team that is stacked with solid defensemen. But the problem with Nashville is the fact that they can't protect all these defensemen. Um, they're in they're in a spot where you know. They're gonna if they if they end up having to protect too many defense and they're already gonna probably def- protect the max defenseman that you can, which is what five I think. If you go, they
0: can go four, They can go eight skaters. So right. if they go eight skaters. They'll protect. And they'll protect. I mean, their core four of Subban, Yossi, Ekholm, and Ellis. They could protect all of them, and be fine. And the thing is, again, they're obviously gonna protect Philip Forsberg. They probably right. protect Neil um and then you know
1: something uh man oh man I'm, I'm sorry you probably know better than i do but isn't there something that you protect three defensemen and if you if you protect four you have to protect some like one less forward or something like that there's some well, weird no, it's,
0: you, the options are seven three seven three and one. Seven, seven forwards three defensemen and one goalie right or eight skaters and one goalie and the thing is with right. the you can protect more defensemen, but you're losing two protection spots,
1: which is big for them because because um, Na- Nashville doesn't have Nashville has some boards they really kind of have to protect. Um, they don't have much up front.
0: Right, right, and, and they'll they'll definitely protect Forsberg. They'll definitely protect Johansson. They'll probably protect James Neal with another year left in the contract. Yeah. But honestly, the rest of them, if you lose Craig Smith or if you lose, uh, you know, well, they have to
1: protect Fisher too.
0: Well, Fisher's a UFA.
1: UFA. That's right. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, but but the thing is, I mean, and and I had heard some 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 talk about him, you know, possibly re-signing there. And obviously, there's family motivations to okay, want he, to re-sign he, there.
1: He's gonna play. He's gonna play there.
0: But, but he's but he could he could stay at UFA until after July 1st and then just sign back and do them the favor. Right. So I mean, they you know do they want to protect you know carry a uh, Cali Yarncroc? You know maybe. Uh, you know, there there are some young guys, but honestly, I think the the risk of losing an Ellis or an Ekholm is greater than losing one of their forwards. So I think they're going to go eight skaters.
1: Yeah, I would think so too. Um, but it, you unless, know, the,
0: unless you're right, unless unless they trade one of those defensemen, uh, and right. then then they would be able to protect eight uh, seven forwards.
1: Yeah, and it depends on you know the, what they have coming up defensively. wise we don't have rest on today, but you know the Predators always have solid defensemen coming up. It seems like they always have players. They draft defensemen so well. So um, this is another team that you know, like you said before, you could probably put them into every situation. But this is where I have New Jersey um, again, um, that I've heard you know strong talk out of New, you know, out of. Remember, there's a there's a really good connection between the GMs of New Jersey and Nashville.
0: Yeah, through Team USA. Through yes, yeah,
1: and um, through Poil and Shiro. So um, yeah, this is a you know you you could really see. New Jersey is definitely going to make a lot of moves. They are – yeah, you even heard their, their coach the other day talking? It was fascinating. They, they, New Jersey has lost five in a row now. I think it is five or six in a row. And after the great start, but the New Jersey coach said basically, you know, this is kind of more of what we expect. <laughs> you know, he was really interesting. You never hear a coach come out and say something like that. He's like, we got off to a great start, but no one thought we were going to be that kind of a team. People, right. you know, we, we were just looking for, like, for wins within games. We're looking for, you know, players to get better in different situations, we're not expecting to win games as much as we were in the beginning of the year. So um, that's interesting, and I think that when it comes down to it, New Jersey is, is more or less way more focused on the future. Not to say they're a tank team, but I wouldn't be shoe-shocked if they were one of those teams that doesn't go out of their way to get better um, and tries to tank.
0: Well, that's yes, it. and I mean, you see the direction that they're going. They bring in Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. Taylor Hall is, is young. Um, you know, if they do, if they do decide to not tank, but if they do decide to do a reset, I mean, they have a player like Mike Camilleri, who's still an effective scorer uh, under contract for two more years that they might be interested in, in moving. But yeah, I mean, right now, I, like I said before, I think any rumor that's involving a defenseman with, you know, right now their number one defenseman is Damon Severson. He's making $600,000 you know uh and you know they've got a couple of veterans like Andy Green and and John Moore but you know they need help on the blue line so they're going to be if there's any rumor out there about a defenseman they're going to be involved if if you know Kevin Shattenkirk makes it to unrestricted free agency they're going to I think they'll be in it because they need to replace larson they they're just not deep on the blue line
1: yeah yeah let's get on to K- Shattenkirk too because I have him on my chart um and I'll um, discuss him as well now. He, so he's a little bit. I'm going to pause from adding players. Right now I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 players on the chart. This is the earliest the chart I've ever been up, so I'm kind of happy about having 18 players on the 20th of December. Um, but we're, I'm, I'm going to be adding 20, so I've got two more players at least. Probably maybe 21. Um, but okay, so let's get into uh, some of these guys. Kevin Shattenkirk. Kevin um, Shattenkirk. Talked a lot about him just a second ago. And he still does – I still do believe he's going to get traded. I don't think he's going to end the year with the St. Louis Blues. I, I just – I feel as if the Blues have enough depth. And for some reason, they feel as if they can get a player that can help them win. Because the Blues are really all about winning the Stanley Cup right now. Right. And that's how they – and they see Shattenkirk as a as a, more of what they have. And it's a bit of a gamble because, of course, because if, if they get injuries, you know, they're going to hate themselves for making this trade. But if they can if – they, if they stay healthy – and Parenko, is, is uh, what he's done is is just is crazy, right? Um, you know, yeah, I don't say his name properly as I'm saying.
0: Colton,
1: Colton yeah, Yeah, sorry, I'm, I was like, I was, you gave me a look as if I had said his name wrong, Mike. So I was kind of
0: no, 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 no,
1: no. Um. So anyway, what he's done is phenomenal. I mean, he's he's one of the best young defensemen. I mean, I thought the work of hockey was one of the best defensemen in the tournament, which was pretty crazy.
0: Right. And and the the. You know, you can tell uh, just just by looking at the numbers in the situation. You know that Kirk is not coming back there because the Blues' Pareco is an RFA at the end of this year. He's going to be in line for probably a five or six year contract yep. along the lines of you know Seth Jones and Morgan Riley. So you're talking five million dollar range. They're already paying Peter Angelo six and a half and Boehmester five point four. So it, you can have another defenseman at that kind of level but you can't have four defensemen making over five million bucks and the shattenkirk is probably going to be making i would say six or six and a half in free agents so i i see that's the thing i i'm trying to balance the the want of that organization to win a stanley cup and the want to move shattenkirk for assets and unless they get and i've heard uh, in the, I've heard indications from guys like Elliot Friedman that said St. Louis is looking for a number two center. Unless they mm-hmm. can find a bona fide number two center that they can hold on to for a couple years, I, I don't know if they just hold Honda Shattenkirk and just let him walk in free agency.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the, I've heard the Shattenkirk for Duchesne rumors, but they, to me, they don't, and that, that is sort of what you're talking about there. But the problem with that is, of course, Shattenkirk is not signed, and Shattenkirk would need a, would need—they would need to know what it would take to sign him to make that deal. Right, Which is not impossible. I mean, you can do that. Um, that's something you, you – and I bet you we will see. If Shat and Kirk gets somebody will talk to him before, and you will see him get traded and then sign an extension right away type thing. Um, but right what? now, four teams I have, four teams. Um, 20% Montreal Canadiens who have been interested in him the whole time, um, even going back to two drafts ago now, um, along with the Boston Bruins, who I thought had him at the last draft. I thought, they were, I thought that deal was done. Um, I didn't report it being done, but I thought it was close. Um, both of them at 20%. Then I have two teams at 30%. The New Jersey Devils, uh, again, the Devils. This is this is their real. This is their main target. Um, th- this is the guy they want more than any other. I was told. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a Shiro type defenseman. They, you can see it working very well for them. Um, and then the Maple Leafs at 30%, which is you know another. Uh, I don't know. We've I'm talked s- about this before, but what are your thoughts on the Maple Leafs and Shattenkirk?
0: I'm skeptical about that simply because. You know, okay, he is a puck-moving defenseman. He is, you know, he definitely the the type of defenseman that most teams want. The Leafs are heavy in those defensemen. They have, you know, Gardner. They have, and I'm not saying that they're as good as Shaddenkirk because they're not. But they have Gardner. They have Zaitsev. They have Morgan Riley. I think what they they need is, you know, size and uh, I would say defensive ability on the blue line more than they need another offensive weapon. And you're talking about spending, you know, like I said, six, six and a half million dollars, basically the type of money that Keith Yandel got from Florida on Shattenkirk since he's going to be the number one defenseman in free agency in the summer. And and any team that trades for him is probably going to have to pay him equivalent of that. So if Toronto trades for him, you know, the first they're giving up assets to trade for him and then they're signing him to a big deal – I think they, if they're, you know, I think it's more likely they wait till July first and see if he hits the market, and then goes after him. But I still think that the problem is, is that he's the same type of defenseman that they have right now. They need more, not defensive defensemen, but they need guys who can complement their offensive guys. I, 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 I buy into, New, I buy into New Jersey because. You know, there's yeah, a lot I'm of
1: New yeah, As you're talking, I just changed it a little bit to 30 because because your argument makes some sense. I'm going to put New Jersey at the top at 30, and I'm going to put Toronto at 25. I'm going to bring it down yeah. just a little bit um, yeah. because I, I I can I can I can hear what you're saying. I think that they shouldn't be necessarily even, but I still think that they're I still think they're greater they're a greater chance than Montreal or Boston, Toronto, based on what I, based on things I've heard at least.
0: Then the need the need is there from New Jersey, and there's been a lot of rumors about Shattenkirk and the Rangers. And if you look at the Rangers, unless the Rangers lose girardi or stall unless they can clear those contracts out i don't see how they can afford to pay uh to pay shattenkirk the yeah i
1: don't see it either and i and i think that they don't there doesn't sound like the rangers are going to do what they usually do which is put move out futures for something um at the deadline I mean,
0: Boston makes a whole lot of sense because Zidane Chara's contract, I think he's got one more year yeah. next year at like $4 million. And then after that, it's over. Yeah, $4 million. And then he's a UFA, and he probably ends up retiring or maybe signs a one-year contract. So that clears all that cap space, and you have that room where they can sign a, a defenseman. who, and, and I think Shattenkirk would make sense for them.
1: Yeah, I think it would make sense there too. Uh, let's go through some of the other rumors here. Yeah. Um... Uh, JVR. okay, we talked about this a little bit uh, yesterday. Um, I still have him at 55% going to Toronto. Um, and, you know, right now, I, I, I still think that he I, – I don't – I think it would be really foolish for them to move JVR.
0: Well, okay, Th- this is the thing. The deadline At the deadline, I think you're close. I think maybe it's a 50-50 proposition yeah. that he moves or doesn't move. If you're talking about the summer, it's 0%. Because the Leafs Leafs right now, when JVR's contract is up, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner will be one year away from their entry-level deal Expiring that means they can be signed to their long term extensions. Maybe they do it, maybe they don't, maybe they just wait until they're extended. And William Nealander's contract is up. They're going to spend big money, maybe not top end money, but they're going to spend big money on those players. Locking so, well, on let it. me
1: understand this. So you're saying you think he will definitely be traded this summer?
0: I think he'll, I think if he isn't traded at the deadline, he will definitely be traded this summer.
1: Okay, hmm.
0: because because right, they, they, they like they like Van Reemstake a lot, they think he's a quality player, a quality guy. He's going to want a long-term deal. He can start negotiating that long-term deal on July 1st. He's one year away from unrestricted free agency. That organization is not going to spend $6 million on JVR when they're going to have to spend that kind of money on Marner, Nylander, Matthews, and a defenseman that they're going to probably have to go out and get. So I think they're going to use JVR as an asset and move them either at the draft or uh, at the deadline. And I think they can get more... If things fall into place at the deadline, because there are going to be teams out there looking for that big scoring winger, which he is. His contract is only four and a quarter million dollars, which is very reasonable. And the Leafs have the ability to retain salary on that. So if a team like, say, Chicago, who's right up against the cap, wanted to get a scorer like JVR, and he has another year on his deal, the Leafs could chop that salary to $2.1 million dollars and they could fit that contract. Now, they, the Leafs would expect a lot of return for that, yeah. but they could do that. So there is a lot of flexibility there. The Leafs could take back money. The Leafs could chop the salary in half. Van Reemsdyke is something that Lou Lamorello is going to put out there as the carrot, and I think they're going to see if somebody will jump at that carrot.
1: Um, so the first team I have that would possibly jump at 20% would be the Nashville Predators. Um, and I heard this. I heard this from a very good source. Predators were in town last night, of course, here in Philadelphia. Um, but that there is interest in Van Dyke like for sure. They have a, um, you know, and and of course the thought comes to mind. And I'm saying this, you know, is Ryan Ellis for JVR trade that could happen.
0: I think um, it would take a lot more than Ryan Ellis. I would
1: think it would take more than Ellis too. Yeah. Um, is that the kind of piece that they're looking for though?
0: Yeah, I mean Ryan Ellis is a smaller type of offensive defenseman. Again, it's another t- right.
1: Kind of Same. what they already have. Maybe yeah. a little bit. He's a little more refined than what they have. But the thing about Ryan Ellis is this, and why I only have him. Only I still have him at eighty percent, staying with Nashville. Even though I've heard these rumors, with Jersey. Um, I know of of these of the four defensemen that they have, Ellis, Ekholm, Subban, and um, Yosi. Yosi. Obviously, Yosi and Subban are on level themselves. But between Ekholm and and Ellis, I've heard over and over and over again that. um, that um that Laviolette loves Ryan Ellis. That 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 he's one of that he's just his guy. Like and Peter Laviolette does have players that he likes to go to and that are his that he can trust. And Ellis is the defenseman that I've heard many, many times they will never trade him as long as Laviolette's there because Laviolette is just he's he's enamored by him. He thinks he's he's all that. So um
0: yeah, I mean he's an, he's an offensive defenseman, and we know that that Laviolette li- likes defensemen who are puck movers and more offensive minded. And the thing you have to remember is Ellis's contract is ridiculous for the for the type of quality player he is. Yeah. He's only making two and a half million dollars, so that's going to yeah. make
1: yeah no, like enormous. Million. And that that of course really plays into the, the Devils as well, trying to get forget him. Um, but um, so the, so so I have twenty percent with Nashville, then t- two teams at ten percent with Van Ream's like Jersey, and the Rangers. Um, now, the Rangers again, like we just talked about, how are they going to do this? What would they have to do to get JVR? What would they have to give up? Um,
0: they would probably have to give up Brady Shea. And if I, mm-hmm. if, that, if Russ was on the show, he would probably shake his head and say, no, no freaking way. And that makes yeah. you right. But that, I mean, that's what for, and it would cost more than just Brady Shea. The, the Leafs are looking for probably a young defenseman that they can retain. Plus a prospect and a draft pick, they're looking for a greater return for James Van Riemsdyk than they got for Phil Kessel, and they will get it.
1: Yeah, because- and that, I don't know if they will. That's that they are they're overplaying their hand here. I heard those yet. I heard those comments the other day as well that they're like, oh yeah, they're gonna, they're expecting Kessel to type return. This is James Van Riemsdyk is not Phil Kessel.
0: Well, no, he's okay. He's not Phil Kessel, but okay, Kessel. The return on Kessel was underwhelming, act because he was signed for seven more years at eight million dollars. They had to take a salary back. They had to shave a million two off of his salary, and everybody knew that they wanted to get rid of him.
1: Here, the leaf said, "Yeah, now that's true." Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's true. I agree. It, I think not that I, in saying that, yeah, it's funny because somehow you know, this is my head is so like. Foggy yeah. from all these statistics and numbers. I'm th- I'm thinking the Kessel deal that they got him in and how much he went for in that trade, not this one. So I not I'm not moving to Pittsburgh Kessel trade. Sorry about that.
0: Oh yeah, no, no. I'm, I am thinking
1: not, in my head. I'm like, all these draft picks. That's not that. There's no way that's possible.
0: No, we're talking that, that was that was that was Kessel. That was Kessel at 22
1: years old. And right, I'm, right, right. Yeah. No, so I'm, i You're right. But you're right. They will get. They will get more for Van like when they got for Kessel. I apologize. I'm not thinking right. Yeah. Straight. Um. New Jersey, another 10. percent there's been a lot made of the fact that Van Reem's likes from New Jersey. Um, I am also from New Jersey and know that there that that's not a, that's not as big of a deal as you would think. Um, but um <laughs> I
0: I think there's a, I think there's a greater I think there's a greater of the three teams in the New York area. I think the team that makes the least amount of sense is the Devils. I think it makes more sense for the you know the Rangers that they wanted to add somebody yeah. for a really top drive. I think the Islanders makes the most sense because they need a winger for Tavares, but I, the devils, you know, the devils are, there's not a problem up front with them. They've got young players like Zaka. They have, uh, you know, they have the, uh, you know, they have Camilleri, they have Taylor Hall. They, their problem is defense. So tr- wasting assets to trade for another forward and Van Riemsdijk just doesn't add up.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I do have the Islanders on here as well, but I'm only at 5%. Um, but uh, just because of my still belief, that, you know, just from talking to people, I don't think he's a real option there. But there are enough rumors out there. They have to I'm, – I'm keeping that option open. Um, but I, the people I talk to most don't seem to think that's the case. Um, did I get um, – I, I,
0: I will I – will, and, you know, you can check on this yeah. and maybe it, add, this will be added later on. Yeah. I would seriously consider the Anaheim Ducks in terms of James Van deck.
1: I will look into that for sure. Um, I have not heard much – like at this point, the Anaheim Ducks I've heard very little on. So I have to admit they're not they're not heavily on this chart, um, but you know one t- one team that is more probably, um, as far as getting an auxiliary player that people aren't really thinking about in terms of picking up a guy is the San Jose Sharks, um, yeah. and they're they're going to um, I've heard them interested in Shane Doan, I've heard them interested in um, Cody Franzen and uh, Bochman, like I mentioned already, uh, those are three teams. There's just three of the teams I see on here that I haven't listed for right now. Um, but I've heard them; they're very much, and I've heard them involving. And again, I don't have I don't have them with again. on here, but I've heard that as well. I should probably give them like a five percent again. right now because that is something I've definitely heard them with.
0: Well, don't I mean don't don't make sense because don't played with Thornton and Marlowe, Team Canada. There's a lot of you know they played with them yeah. before. I could see you know having an old, an old fogies line for lack of a yeah
1: better. yeah that would be fun.
0: Um, but, you know, Cody Franzen, I mean, there's some uh, connection there between, you know, Steve Spott, the assistant coach of the Sharks, coached Franzen in Toronto. I mean, if you put Cody Franzen in a bottom pairing situation, and this is, you know, they got Roman Polak at the deadline last year, right-hand shot, to the, the bottom pairing Cody Franz and right-hand shot, bottom pairing could play on the power play. Yeah, good, but I mean, it probably wouldn't be that expensive because you know, unless the Sabers stick in the playoff race, then they probably won't won't trade them. But that's that's an option. I mean, Boschman like you said, I mean, if they're looking to add a veteran guy, it's, I mean, both Franz and Memboschman are right-hand shots.
1: Uh, two more guys we'll get to before we get out of here today. Um, and then oh, so remember yeah. the rumor chart is. Um, go ahead, Mike. I off. said
0: Bochman is a left-hand shot. Sorry,
1: that's correct. Yeah, I thought he was right-handed shot too. Um, all right, um, Martin Hansel, who uh, many people think is the maybe the biggest uh, mm. catch in this trade deadline, but um, he's definitely the largest as far as size goes. He's enormous. Um, but you know, I, I've heard I've heard here that um, the team I have most likely going to right now is Columbus, and this is where I think that Blue Jackets. Would do something like this where it just gives them more. I mean, Hansel seems to fit with the way the Blue Jackets play. Um, and I think he would be very, very good on that team. And it gives them just a little bit more scoring. I mean, and it gives them a really like a legitimate center, right? Like an absolutely, because he's a center, right? I mean, he's, a
0: yeah, center. No, he's a center. He's a center. Yeah,
1: it gives them a, it gives them a, it gives them a um, I'm chattering on myself right now because I'm so like tired. Oh, he, um,
0: gives them, he gives them the size
1: that they lost when they, because right now you
0: got to remember yeah, exactly. They're not big up the middle. They, they you know, Wenberg is not a big player. Uh Gagne is not a big player. Uh, so, you know, if you, you added a six foot six, two hundred and twenty six pound Martin Hansel, um, you know, that would that would definitely now the thing is he's not he's not a big offensive player. I mean, right now this year he had a good year last year with Arizona, thirteen goals, twenty eight assists. Yeah. He's only got ten points.
1: So, yeah, no, you're not a big offensive player. Um you're right.
0: So I mean, if you're and if you're talking about putting him in, say, a second line center role, I mean, remember you've got Dubinsky, and you've got Wenberg, and you've got Gagne. So if you yeah. I mean, it would help up the middle. It would give you some options, but I would think if they're looking for more more offense, they would go for somebody other than Hansel.
1: Depending. Well, I think they would like to, but it, it, there's not that many. No people available right now i mean depending depending on if something breaks open like if Van reams like was to break open or something like that for sure then we would have yeah. a different story i mean
0: a, ty- a tyler bozak would make a little bit of sense but he's not big either so it, yeah. you, you're, you're looking at the teams that are that are you know fall out of the race and you know arizona is not going to be in the race and he's and can hansel is a big center it may not fit everything that Columbus needs, but it might be good enough fit that they would go there. And he
1: country. kind of shown an ability to play to do a little bit more offensively when he plays with really skilled players too. So I, I wouldn't count that out completely. Um, the final player, David DeHarnay, who I believe is going to be dealt. Um, I think this is the player that Montreal is going to move to make a move when they have to make a move here. Like I have talked about. He is um, a guy that I've I've just heard too many teams like him, and I think he's sort of fallen out of favor. Which is interesting because he was definitely a Terian guy for a very long time, but he's fallen in favor of a lately.
0: Well, the difficulty right now is that he's injured and he'll be yeah. out probably until February, so there won't be a lot of time yeah. for him to prove himself to be like back to 100 percent before the deadline hits. So they might want to move him, but they might get stuck with him because nobody will take the risk.
1: Right. Remember, he was even even um he was scratched a couple times healthy before he got injured too. So. Right, um, but Edmonton, I've heard with him, um, it, and, and and Minnesota, so just in Calgary, Calgary as well. But I think that I would I would you know look to Calgary, Edmonton, Minnesota there. Um, now the rumor charts available, you know, to like I said, to all subscribers. It's we're going to talk about it every day, so don't worry about you know if you can't afford it, that's totally fine. If you can't afford it, we really appreciate the twenty bucks or three ninety nine a month. Uh, you can cancel anytime. Just um, it really helps us out a lot. Um, it makes it so we can you know pay Mike and Russ once in a while. So uh, definitely support the rumor chart as best you can. Um, and support us on um, patreon.com slash hockey, which a lot of you have. And I've been starting to set up my meetings with everybody. So I appreciate that. We'll be talking before the week's out. Or um, and for those of you who can't do it before the week's out, a couple of you want to do it after Christmas break, which is fine too. So we'll have a we'll have a some fun little um, one-on-one discussions if you're a supporter of ours on Patreon. So if you just go to patreon.com slash hockey you can uh support the show and help keep hockey podcasts alive um we appreciate that very much uh so that's our rumor chart update today all rumors all the time i know a lot of you love this stuff and we love it too uh, of course we can't do all rumors 365 days a year because there's just not that not enough to talk about but we um but we will be doing a lot more now and every day we'll be hitting something on the rumor chart like we usually do and giving you a couple updates as, as well as just the regular news which you didn't get like, get into today but um, we will uh, we'll definitely get more into tomorrow and moving forward. So remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow.